I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. <laughs> Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tenhauser Gate. All those moments will be lost in time. Like tears in rain. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Take Me to Your Reader, discussing adapted science fiction at its best and worst. I'm Seth. I'm James. And I'm Colin. And we have come to the end, essentially, of the summer of Philip K. Dick, signified by the fact that we are going to post this at the end of September, and it started raining here in Oregon, which is quite welcome, given all the wildfires. Yes. There will be a coda to the summer of Philip K. Dick, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but to finish up, we, we saved kind of the most well-regarded Philip K. Dick movie for the end, kind of the, the one that makes the top ten lists, right. and that is... Ridley Scott's Blade Runner from 1982. We discussed that one. Yes. Um, guesses ranged from 1970 <laughs> to 1985, I think. 1984. I think that was yes. what I said, yeah. Um, and that is based on the Philip K. Dick novel, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? And this is the other difference, of course, in the summer of Philip K. Dick, because up till now we have been doing just right. short stories. Mm -hmm. So now we did a novel. It's a brief one. I read it on a plane on the way back from Hawaii. So... We should start off talking about our history with the actual book and the movie. And normally we say, oh, yeah. James, what's your history? And you go, neither. Right. <laughs> but in this case, I think it's different. That's true. Um, I read the book and watched the movie in high school. Nice. For an advanced English literature class, actually. That's cool. Yeah. Do you have any idea which version of the movie you saw back then? Um, what year would this be? No, it would have been like 1996. Okay. I'm not sure which versions existed back then. Yeah. But probably not just the theatrical one, because right. there's a big, sordid history on this. And I'll, right. I'll put a link in the show notes about all the different versions. I um, can't even begin to guess. don't know. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember if you liked the book or liked the movie? I remember thinking the movie was very boring. Okay. What about the yeah. book? Any memory at all? Not any significant memory, no. Okay. It's high school, so it probably would have been boring, too. <laughs> that's that's par for the course in high school, <laughs> especially because it was a required reading. Anything yeah. required reading is boring. It does do a certain. It does something yeah. to your brain that says, "Right, this is like, BS. Oh, I shouldn't I have to read this. this." Mandated reading. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. I I didn't actually find that to be the case in a lot of in in high school. I didn't right. like to read, but when I was assigned a book to read, I usually enjoyed it. Fair so enough. yeah. But I liked like Animal Farm in nineteen eighty four. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember like Anne Warman. I, I like Lord of the Flies, actually. Yeah. Colin and I have talked about, in our, our high school English classes, read almost nothing in common. <laughs> Except really? for like Shakespeare. Did some Shakespeare. Yeah. Did some Twain. Uh, Scarlet Letter. Okay. I did both. I, I did some Twain and, and Scarlet Letter as well. Yeah. Um, but my, like, uh, I think it was my ninth grade English teacher liked science fiction. And so we, we did some oh, Bradbury nice. and some Orwell. Oh, so. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, Colin, what about you? Any history with the material? Uh, watched the movie on VHS soon after it came out in the 80s. Nice. And not not I, Betamax? No, no, actually, you're right. It was Betamax. <laughs> Booyah! <laughs> yeah, reference back to Star, uh, the last Starfighter podcast. Yeah. 
<laughs> and uh, probably tried to read the book. And I think it was one of my first adaptational uh, letdowns, realizing that this book was oh, yeah. only tangentially related to the movie. <laughs> and that made you give up on the book? Yeah. Oh, and then somewhere along the line, right. the polarity shifted. Uh, do you remember what you thought of the movie? You know, I don't remember that much about it. I remember some of the scenes. I remember the Coca-Cola building. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my strongest memory is from the book going like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is this? Yeah. I, I yeah. do remember like uh, remembering a lot of the uh, models and stuff like that. Like the cars. Yep. You can see that car if you go to the Experience Music Project, also called Mopop, in Seattle at the Seattle Center. Nice. Yeah. Science fiction. That was design. actually a pretty cool exhibit. Yeah. The exhibit is better than the movie. <laughs> no spoilers. Um, so uh, my experience with it, I hadn't read the book at all. I don't think I even knew that it was a novel. I knew that there was something called The Android's Dream of Electric. Mm-hmm. Culturally aware of it. But uh, then the movie, I remember watching on a, a ski trip, like an overnight ski trip that I took with my buddies mm-hmm. when I was like a sophomore or junior in high school. Right. And all I remember was we turned on the movie and then I woke up the next morning. So, <laughs> so I either blacked out right. because of the movie or it was that we started watching a movie at like 1 a.m. Um, my hope going into this was, well, my memory of this movie is that it was really boring, but it was like 1 in the morning and I fell asleep in the middle of it. So I mm-hmm. didn't really give it a fair shake. I'm going to watch it. It's going to be like it was with 2001, where like I watched it <laughs> 15 years later and really, right. really enjoyed it. And this time it would be 30 years later. Uh, mm. And we'll get back to that. Right. Okay. Uh, so, um, book. Story? Yes. Oh, the story. Right. The story. The story. Yes. Yes. So uh, I'll I'll give a shot, and you guys correct me when sure. I go too far sure. afield. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Go for it. It's the future. Yes. <laughs> and uh, humans... I thought you were going to stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> and and humans have developed androids, and they are used for doing menial tasks. And every once in a while, the androids escape, and uh, they try to hide in human society. And because they're dangerous, we have a group of people. Uh, sometimes they're called bounty hunters, sometimes they're called blade runners, and their job right. is to find them and retire them because you can't kill something that isn't living, even right. though if it looks like it's living. Right. Uh, and so it's not have, murder if it's a robot. That's right. Uh, so we have our main character, who is Mr. Decker, and he is supposed to find six rogue Nexus 6 androids. And in right. using a special test, he tries to go find them and hunt them down and uh, retire them. Nice. That sounds about right. About sums it up. Yeah. So then if we move from there into the book, there are a couple of things that that jump out as distinct from the story and from the movie, obviously. Mm -hmm. And one of them is the strange obsession. Well, it's it's very dystopian. Very. It's post-apocalyptic. Yeah, I think both are pretty dystopian. I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, yeah, not dystopian, but post-apocalyptic. Because there's no... There's not many animals still living, and so owning right. an animal gives you a certain amount of prestige. Mm-hmm. And this um, is in the book. In, in the, the book, book. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's where the title comes in: the mm-hmm. electric sheep, because right. they have, a, or they had an electric sheep, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he owned an electric sheep. Deckard yeah. did. Yeah, in fact, they've developed a a religion to help with empathy. That's right, and that's something right. that is completely absent from the movie. Right, right. that's called Mercerism, mm-hmm. and you experience Mercerism by grabbing onto. Uh, a box which kind of looks like those shock test things that you can do in like, <laughs> like in Ghostbusters. Kind of what it seems like. You engage the mood organ and experience. No, no, the mood empathy. organ is something different. Yeah, the mood organ is this different. is the Mercer box. Yeah, so. and you experience uh, Mercer's ascent right. up this hill, and then he gets stoned to death, and somehow you can share right. in his wounds and empathize yep. with him that way. 
if you get hurt in the Matrix, you get hurt in the real world. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the Wachowskis totally cribbed that from Dreadwitch Dream of Electric Sheep. They took the yeah. best parts of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. That ties into a bit of trivia I learned actually about that about the movie about the uh, Matrix. The Matrix. Yeah. Okay. So the very um, the ending of the movie where. You know, Rudger Howard's chasing Harrison yeah. Ford around. Mm-hmm. Well, at the end of the movie, they were supposed to have some like crazy kung fu fight in a gym of some sort to resolve their differences. Mm. And Rudger Howard was totally against it, saying it was too Bruce Lee. <laughs> <laughs> and he came up with the idea of chasing Harrison Ford around through the hotel or whatever they were at. <laughs> and sticking his head through the wall and grabbing his arm but never killing him. All the weird dumb stuff he did, him. yes. <laughs> I don't know. I, I so the, the second uh, I saw it, though, I thought of the Matrix and the part where him, uh, Neo, and uh, Morpheus are in the Kung Fu gym fighting. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's what it would totally would have been like yeah. with Harrison Ford and Rutger Hauer, which would have been really weird. Well, or even like the train <laughs> station fight between uh, Neo and Agent Smith. Oh yeah, that too. But I mean, like, I don't think I've ever seen Harrison Ford do a real fighting movie outside of punching people. Yeah, he does a little punching. He doesn't really Indiana Jones. Outside of that, though, he doesn't fight, right? And they were thinking of doing like some sort of kung fu thing with two white dudes that don't fight. I mean, even Rudger Howard didn't know kung fu, and he would have right. had yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been just weird. <laughs> yeah, I like totally outside of their. We should come ability. back to that and talk and talk about the end of the movie when we get there. Yeah, um, because anyway. yeah. So we're still in the book. Still in the book, right? Yes. James referenced the mood. That was organ. a movie. Oh, um, organ, yes. And the mood organ was pretty funny because yeah, um, were, you you could basically just dial up emotions and mood, and so like if if your wife wait wait give give Colin a second he's oh, he's, bring, he's up bringing the, up his spreadsheet I brought up the spreadsheet Colin in good nerdy he, fashion he has a spreadsheet. Has captured all the dial settings that were mentioned in the book yes. so why don't you give us an example of what you can dial up <laughs> uh, uh, five ninety four pleased recognition of husband's superior wisdom in all matters. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I told my wife about that one, and she yeah. thought that was pretty awesome. <laughs> Meaning, she thought that's terrible. Dream on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> when they're against that one. Yeah. So there were only six settings mentioned. Okay. Uh, and five of them are defined. The unknown one is is one hundred and four, and that's uh, they were was the one that Deckard wanted to experience with his wife. Ah. Let's dial both up a one hundred and four and experience All it right. together. But he never actually says what it is, yeah. So no. Just no. kind of assume yeah. it's bliss of some sort, I suppose. Something. <laughs> Who knows? Or, or number three. You dial a three, which is the desire to dial something into the mood organ. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you think you already had that covered. <laughs> number, number 888 is desire to watch uh, TV, regardless of what's on it. That could be handy. Yeah. I wish we would have had that before the movie. Um, <laughs> yes, we uh, in, the, in the last two, because we talked about all the others, are um, 481, uh, awareness of the manifold possibilities open to me in the future. And uh, it's, <laughs> it's best f- preceded by 382, which is existential emptiness. <laughs> wow. That's fantastic. Uh, wh- what about the deep, dark depression? The six-hour depression or whatever? That was 382. Oh, it was. Okay. Right. So what, what, what do we think of the book? Well, I thought the book was pretty good. I liked reading it. It took me a little while to get past the first chapter, I suppose, before it picked up into really what the story was all about anyway. Yeah. Yeah, because it started out with Sebastian and his little... I think you mean Isidore. Right. And it's... Wait, J- what? J.I. Isidore or something, isn't it? Yeah, I don't... Yeah, they're the same sense. character, though, right? They're the same character, yeah. Yeah, okay. I just remember Sebastian is from the movie. <laughs> right, yeah. But he's been damaged by the Whatever, movie. the same guy. The chicken head. The chicken head. There you go. Right. Right. 
Yeah. Some parts of that, you're like, okay, I can see how maybe you wouldn't want to adapt some of those things. Um, right. Because the idea is that people have been adversely affected by radiation, you know, either in birth defects or mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. development. And so there are certain levels of, it, it, like Brave New World, alphas, betas, epsilons, you know, all the, you right. guys haven't read Brave New World. I have, have yes. No. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that they're useful for some tasks, but not others. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And and also not eligible to emigrate to off world. Off world, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because of the, the which nuclear... they sort of mention in the movie, not sort of, sort really. Of. Uh, he does mention that he's not eligible to migrate, yeah. emigrate because of his he's got a genetic disorder. His his oh. he ages. Yeah, they nodded to it. Yeah, he's glandular, accelerated age but, or whatever. Uh, it wasn't like they were trying to evacuate the Earth. Where right. they yeah, were trying yeah, to get yeah. In the book pretty, you know, every, right. you, were, you were being encouraged to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a lot of stuff that happened in the book that didn't... Uh, the book just seemed more expansive, but I thought the core concepts were basically there. Yeah, to me, I think there were too many extra things. like In well, the book? In the book. Yeah. So there was like the, the literal obsession with trying to find an electric animal or a replacement animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deckard was bribable uh, with right. the idea that he might get an owl so long as he did or didn't do certain things. Right. Uh, revenge, at the end of the story, comes from... You know, assault on an on an animal. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, something else. I just didn't get the purpose of Mercerism. No, I didn't really either, and I'm not sure what PKD was going for there, but I'm sure it was something. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. And so I, I was looking for a thread, or you know, something that was built. A story was built around, and, and I think it just has to do with the way that we treat or classify people, right? There were yeah. chicken heads and people who could emigrate and people that were stuck here, and then... Insect yeah. heads, right? Even even more disabled, I guess. Lower than chicken heads. Yeah. 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 Um, it kind of makes you wonder why anybody would stay in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I was wondering that the entire reading with all the, the cops, for instance, or even the higher-end corporation people. Like, why are yeah. you even on this planet still? <laughs> yeah, if you boil down, if you if you throw away some of the extraneous stuff, I, I did really enjoy reading it. And it's, I like, you know, if I'm on a five-hour flight, I like something mm-hmm. to engage my mind. Um, and it did a, did a fair job of that, especially once we got to the point that he had met the other um, Blade Runner, essentially. That Then he was trying to figure out, is this guy actually an android or, or a real person? And that's where you got that first yeah, kind of hint yeah. of, well... How do we know you're real? Also, right. um, yeah, and then getting into that whole intrigue with the fake police department that was completely yeah. run by androids, <laughs> um, which I thought was pretty cool. And, that part and, did almost have me too. I was like, "Oh crap! Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah, it kept me guessing anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. How do you know who you are? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and so so they have the Voigtkampf test, right? Mm-hmm. And or Kampf. I don't. Know. Voigtkampf. That's the Mindkampf test you're thinking of. Let's <laughs> see <laughs> if you're Hitler or not. <laughs> Um, right. And what the other test, I can't remember what it was called, but it was like some nerve induction test or something. Right. Uh, like like reaction times to something. Right. Because one of the main things in the book is this new, the Nexus 6 or, or whatever, mm-hmm. you can't really, you test them with the Voigt-Kampf test or Kampf test, whatever it is, and um, you have a hard time pinning them down. Yeah, but they can beat the other one, I think. Oh, no, I thought they could beat the Voight-Kampf test, but... No, I think they can't beat the Voight-Kampf test. No, no, he, he realized Rachel was a replicant. Although, yeah. initially, she beat the test, and then he turned around and asked her one more question, and then knew. Right. It was like he was kind of borderlining yeah. something to tip him one way or the other. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought that would have been something valuable to put into the movie, to yeah. help bring some of that doubt into it, because as we get into the movie, we'll later learn there's a whole mm-hmm. post-plot 
mm-hmm. trying to understand uh, Mr. Deckard himself. Yeah. Anything else about the book? Good question. Is there we've started verging into the movie, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess the Isidore character, when they first introduced him, I was kind of like, you know, I'm like, oh, are, who's yeah. this side character? Is he ever going to be important? Right. And to the book's credit, it almost immediately pulls him into it because he meets up with Pris. Right, right. right. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then there's the intrigue there where, where it's almost the Battlestar Galactica Cylons thing where there's two of the same model, and it just happens that Rachel is mm-hmm. one of them. Right. Yes. Um, which is something I think that we found missing from the movie. But, yes. So overall, I I enjoyed the book. I, you guys, not so much. So so. Okay. And James said he enjoyed it. Yeah, I like it. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, why don't we? Uh, I didn't need to be drunk to get through it. So. Okay. That's well, something. That is something notable. <laughs> <laughs> um, why don't we move on to the movie? We don't, we don't need to dwell over long on this. Um, right. What movie? Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, the movie's got an interesting history, and I'm not going to try and recapitulate it all here because I'm not an expert on it, but I will, like I said, drop something into the show notes that talks about the different cuts of it because the studio meddling right. is not a new thing. It's It happens all the time now, like with mm-hmm. the, the new Star Wars movies and, mm-hmm. and other stuff, um, like Suicide Squad or Fantastic, uh, Fantastic Four. Four, right, where the studio steps in and goes, oh, we don't like your vision for this. We want to make it more palatable for the masses, and so they make changes and reshoots and stuff. Right. And the most notable thing that they changed for the theatrical release was they added a voiceover from Deckard, and they added a happier ending. And what was the original ending? The original ending, he and Rachel go... Driving off into the woods, I think. I, I, I can't remember. Uh, you know, I watched it, but I haven't seen it recently enough. And if we had really wanted to do our due diligence here, we probably should have watched the theatrical version. Um, <laughs> but it just happened that the version I got from the library was the final cut. And I didn't uh, look yeah. through the special features to see if there was the theatrical one on there either. Um, but somebody can chime in and tell us, oh, you guys, you idiots, why didn't you just do the theatrical <laughs> one? It's so much obviously better. <laughs> Yeah, but the voiceover, there's a very noir thing going on in the movie. It, it's it's a lot like right. some movies, earlier movies um, that fit into that noir kind of genre. Mm-hmm. And the voiceover is something that you get in those sometimes. Yeah. So I kind of can understand how that would fit with that style. It doesn't justify the reading, though. Right. The movie starts <laughs> with a crawl, and I'm not sure why they couldn't give us that information during the movie. Yeah. Or at uh, least have a cool score behind it like Star Wars. I'll blame and Star slant Wars. slant it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, if they had done that, maybe it would have been cool. It would have been epic. Yeah. <laughs> Should we jump to the punchline about what we all thought of the movie? <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful movie. It, eh. Visually interesting, yes. Yeah, I mean, eh. um, the Coca-Cola building, the the, the car ships, uh, it, it feels like a futuristic detective noir movie. Those parts yeah. I liked. I didn't, I didn't like the panning of the almost pyramid, was it supposed to be his police stations, I guess? No, that was, was the corporation. That was, um, yeah, whatever that Tyrell Cor- Corporation. The Tyrell Corporation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Omni consumer products. That, yeah. that being said, I think they liked the look of the movie too much. Yeah, and so it reminded me, unfortunately, of two thousand and one, which was an interesting movie <clears throat> that was entirely right. too slow, too boring. It was very, very pretty. Sure, but yeah. you pretty gets boring after watching fifteen minutes. Star of Trek it. the motion picture. Right? Same kind of thing. They linger a little too long, much too right. long in a few places. Yes. Yeah. My biggest problem with the movie is the whole story. <laughs> the whole story uh, of the like I I've read the book and I still found the movie hard to follow. I like I didn't know yeah. what what is going on. What is the story here? Why do I care? And that was the biggest thing, right? I had no idea why I should care for Deckard, other than he was the main character. 
it's a movie that's more about atmosphere than about story or character to me. Yeah, it's more. Yeah. It's not about character. It's about like you said. Right. Can he retire these androids and save the human population from being invaded by people who look like us and just want to fit in? Yeah, right. but I, I found the I found the androids more sympathetic because of the limited lifespan. They had a clear motivation, right? We're here. We want to find out how we can extend our lifespan. And they, they had journeyed quite a long ways, right? And probably done some horrible things in order to get here to try mm-hmm. to figure out how to live longer. I can mm-hmm. get behind that. N- not the murder part. You know, so much. <laughs> Um, so where where Deckard is just right. disposing of them because he's supposed to. Yeah, I did. Okay, so let's see. There's ha- no conflict for him, I guess. There is right because he falls in love with one. Yeah, and rapes her, more or less. Yeah, I mean he convinces her that she wants it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm mm. date rape. Is it, it is it time to talk about the other thing? What other thing? Well, there are there are certain visual cues and ambiguities that happen. Sure. In the movie. And it has made people wonder if Deckard was also a replicant. Right. Um, And in fact, that is something Uh. that the new movie, which is coming out in October, is supposed to address. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. For me, I noticed it in like what I called eye shine, Mm -hmm. where replicant eyes have a certain reflectivity to them that normal humans don't seem to Mm -hmm. have. Like cat eyes. Like cat eyes. Mm -hmm. And and Deckard has it. Yeah. Um, I guess I don't understand what the difference would be because we we don't care a lot about him as a character. Right. Right? Yeah. Right. I didn't anyway, and I guess you didn't either. The visual style of the movie is obviously quite influential, because when we watched a different Philip K. Dick quote adaptation, the Total Recall remake, it Uh, very much looked like Blade Runner. True. uh, In their whatever city it was. It it looked like Shanghai, but it was supposed to be like Sydney or something. I don't know. No, that's right. They went through the... Never mind. Who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Screw that movie. Um, I found the sound design really distracting in the movie. I'm not a fan of Angelus. I, I didn't like... It didn't seem to mesh very well. The soundtrack yeah. and the visuals yeah. and everything. The soundtrack, I don't know. I'm I, I'm talking more about just like the sound mix, because sometimes mm-hmm. it's really hard to hear, understand what people were saying. There were loud oh, songs, yeah. that, or lo- loud sounds that woke me up in the middle of it. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I had a lot of problems with the movie. Right. So. And yet, the book and the movie are you know universally regarded as yeah. being mm-hmm. you know some of the highest achievements yeah, very in well science regarded. fiction yeah. movie got rewards tons of nominations 90 percent on rotten tomatoes yeah and and like i said it, it commonly makes top 10 lists I mean, i've right. got a guardian top 10 right in front of me that they were it's yeah. number three Would, yeah hmm. 2001's number one by the way colin <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah i just i think i just found it really boring not a whole lot of engagement in this movie, yeah. Well, it definitely. So when th- I want, I want to focus something, something positive. I can say a couple positive things. I think. Okay. Um, one of them is this Rutger is Hauer. Okay. I didn't like <laughs> Rutger Hauer in this movie at all. Aww. His his <laughs> uh, his accent was inconsistent. Oh well, yeah, toward that's the true. end of the movie, he he had an obvious superiority. He could have killed Deckard many right. times over right. and saved his life. Yeah, he uh, saved him instead, but chose it's, to save it's him instead. Complex. So the whole dove thing and all that. Yeah. yeah why? <laughs> he knew he was dying. And so he made mm. some kind of change, but this kind of goes back to what I'm talking about, right? The movie does mm-hmm. not hold your hand. If you don't know what's going on, it's right. not going to, to, to come in and say, Oh, by the way, here's what's happening. I like that to a certain extent, but also I was confused. And so I didn't like right. it. Um, I like a movie that doesn't totally hold your hand. that lets you trust the audience to get it. Just in this case, I think it was trust that, but what are you supposed to Couldn't get happen. other than a guy is supposed to hunt down and kill three or four other androids? Th- there's nothing else there. Yeah, I guess that maybe that's the problem. I was looking for something deeper and didn't find it. 
Right. Um, but I'm with James, actually. I, I liked Rutger Hauer. I didn't mind the inconsistency mm. in the accent. I think that's just him. Yeah. Um, I, I've seen him in other movies and never noticed that he had any inconsistent with, consistency with accent, because Lady Hawk, which yeah, is an awesome either movie. And so to see this, I was like... Must have been one of his earlier movies, or he had an off day. Lady Hawk is like I think it was before. So. Yeah, I think I was gonna say I think it was before Lady Hawk, but not much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I I I liked. Like I said, I could kind of connect with with his quest. And at the end, yeah, he starts going off the rails big time. Yeah. He turns into the Joker at the end, almost. Yeah. Uh, what Jack Nicholson from? Yeah, The Shining. Oh, there we go. Here's, Daddy. 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 Here's, Here's Roy. Exactly. Here's Betty. Yeah. <laughs> I think we have our title. It's a very appropriate name. Um, I thought it was interesting that it's it looks like Beatty in the book, but Batty in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I was thinking Beatty in the book, and yeah. they said they said Batty in the movie. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. So this is a problem that I have with lots of human versus android encounters or hand, android or robot right. encounters in movies the way it goes is the human is trying his best to kill the robot mm-hmm. the robot appears to be a cat playing with a mouse right because instead of just grabbing them in their inexorable grip and, and squashing them. their their right. little brains they throw them mm-hmm. over and over the right. androids and and other things throw people away from them <laughs> um terminator salvation that happens really early in the movie where you're like wait this is john connor isn't he kind of an important target right. and they throw him <laughs> towards a weapon drives me crazy Touché. or sometimes you have somebody in the death grip between your thighs and then you decide to do some gymnastics before finishing them off are you talking about a bond movie <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, yes she has to turn him around so movie. he's facing her and then he can get out and she can be shot to death Right, and then she goes into death, death tremors. I mean, yeah, that was it, crazy. It was like death watching seizure. a three-year-old's death scene. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> for minutes, and he even shoots her again, and she's still doing it. Yeah. Ooh, I can't got an interesting bit of trivia about her. Okay. Um, so you know, in the scene when Sebastian discovers her in the pile of trash, she gets startled and runs away. Yeah, and she like hits the cop car and breaks the window. Or his car, I guess, breaks the window. Yeah. That was purely by accident, apparently. Serious? <laughs> yep. So, first of all, it was, a, it was not a breakable glass, not a breakaway glass window, real window. And she had slipped and fell into the glass and shattered it with her elbow, fracturing her elbow in the process. And she finished the scene. And she finished the scene. <laughs> that is impressive. She apparently still has a scar from the ordeal that's uh, viewable in other movies. Wow. Nice. I appreciated the artifice of her hiding there, waiting for him, mm-hmm. and laying in, mm-hmm. in wait for him, laying in so waits. that they could get a contact and go up and kill their father. Yeah, yeah. The the killing of the Tyrell Corporation guy was very grim. It, that was something that I remembered from the original. Oh, yeah. watching. Yeah. You know, well, that, that's how an android should kill a human. Right, crush her skull. Yeah. done. Well, he does it then, and then then he just toys with Deckard at the end, and then right. for some reason decides to let him and live. Has, and has, like, an epiphany of some sort that we don't ever realize ourselves. Yeah, well, and he's got that famous monologue at the end, right? I've seen things that you people wouldn't believe. Right. Well, yeah. as a designed assassin, that mm-hmm. would make sense, because he's done it. Yeah. But I wondered... So, going back to Screamers, they... Some of the robots start started talking about something kind of sounding poetic, and it reminded me of Roy Batty. Because he, he does something similar. And I think mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if Screamers, if the person who made Screamers was influenced by Blade Runner to like, hey, we should have him say some poetry stuff. Right. Yeah, androids are great with poetry. Yeah. Now, evidently, the um, all those moments will be lost, like Tears in the Rain is evidently improvised. Or like they let him write it. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I, I enjoyed Rutger Hauer in this. Um, I liked the, the only other kind of performance that I enjoyed was the snake lady. I thought, I thought she was, she was kind of nude. Well, she was nude. Yes. Um, I'm not saying that's the part I liked, but oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she had a certain intensity to her where, where I wished she would have had a larger role in the movie. Hmm. Cause she was like Mrs. Batty almost from the book. Right. Well, no, there was an opera singer whose role she kind yeah. of took over. Yeah, I figured she was yeah. explicit analogous to the opera singer. Yeah, that's probably so. Yeah. And it, during the movie, we kind of were talking with one another, and we wondered what happened to the other two androids. And in the movie, minutes later, it says, well, they passed yeah, through a radiation field and died. Right. And I, I said, well, they, they probably, it's like, well, we have to cut the movie down, so drop two androids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Well, that was early on, um, you know, Colin's doing the Colin thing, take, taking yeah. notes on everything that's wrong. <laughs> And and they said there's four androids to kill and call them at six. And then, and then, and then they said there were six of them. And, and then he's like, oh, damn. Yeah. So I do that looking for differences in things that really, really bother me. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, I only had to make two lines of notes and then I stopped. <laughs> because you didn't care anymore? That's right. Just, there was just too many. It's like, he would have ran out of ink where? or lead. Depending on what he's writing with. But yeah. yeah. Why? Yeah, this is one we're going to need counseling on. I expect Michael Simshauser to weigh in here and say, you guys are morons, what are you doing? <laughs> it's a great movie. There are lots of people who can tell us yep. we're morons. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably going to happen. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it compares to movies like Arrival, Adjustment Bureau, right? Total Recall, the original movie. Mm-hmm. Well, so interestingly, you, you mentioned Arrival, right? Yeah. Blade Runner 2049 is being directed by Villeneuve, who, who did um, Arrival. So. Mm-hmm. Cool. So uh, maybe we should move on to talking about that. And it's got oh. Ryan Gosling. Yes. Right. I'm just kidding. That's the only reason Emily's going to go see it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hollywood boyfriend. Right. I did want to talk, James. Uh, <laughs> you, you and I liked 2001. Mm. And this is yes. another right. artsy film without a real clear, clear story. So why, why is it? And Colin didn't like either, right? Mm-hmm. So Colin is consistent. <laughs> you, you and I have some explaining to do. Right. <laughs> I think... Did I mention the nudity? Yeah. In Blade Runner? Yeah. In Blade Runner. <laughs> That's, that didn't sour either of us on it, right? I, just no. babies. Uh, I no, I think it's a potential positive. Oh. Which is right now <laughs> telling you just how bad I think this movie is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think the, the effects were better in yeah, 2001. I think something something about 2001 is just brighter. Yeah. Um, because it's not always mm-hmm. raining, for one. Right. Um, and it's not in a bunch of rooms filled with smoke and, like, no overhead lights. Yeah, it was like... Yeah, later on, that's, that might have attributed the fact that I would yeah. think it was... Mon- I, found, I, don't, I don't know that boring is the right word, but put you to sleep. Because it was so damn dark. Couldn't see anything. Yeah, I Which think, I can get it be, trying to be shadowy and dark, but maybe they went about it wrong. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to fix it. I guess I found... They, they both have a very distinctive visual style, but I found the, mm-hmm. that 2001 was more visually interested Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Not interested. I wasn't visually interested in Blade Runner. Um, right. <laughs> so something about that worked more for me. And, you know, it had lovely music in a couple of places. Blue Danube. And, mm-hmm. I think the music was better. I thought the modeling was better and the visual effects. Yeah. Well, crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, this, my, that's my we, excuse. We're, we're not supposed to end the, Philip K, the summer of Philip K. Dick <laughs> on a whimper or a thud. Uh, it was supposed to be, yes, triumphant, Ridley Scott. I mean, of all amazing. the movies we watched so far, this is probably number two on the list of for the summer, I guess. Interesting. I have to follow up on that. Yeah. <laughs> like, do an overall. Because it was order. still better than Paycheck and Next and Screamers. Oh, <laughs> better than Screamers. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure I. I agree with you much on that, James. So, oh, well. Well, should we rank the summer? 
Or do, well, I think all of us prefer <laughs> Minority Report and Total Recall, original Total Recall anyway, right. to any of these ones that we did. I'll give you that. I really liked Adjustment Bureau. That was good. Um, but I think it would still end up third place to those original two. Mm-hmm. Well, do you want to rank them? All of them? Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> James wants to rank all of them. <laughs> well, I have a hard time going back and forth between Adjustment Bureau and Minority Report. Okay. You could, I, you could put them at a tie. That's yeah, fine. I would have to put those two at a tie, probably. Because I think... Okay. But Total Recall I think wins. Adjustment Bureau might actually be a better movie. I like the actors and stuff like that better. Hmm. But Minor Report was just kind of cool. True. So Speaking of which, Jeff Palermo of Sci-Fi On Screen just posted an episode on Minority Report. So I'll drop right. a link in the show notes. Oh, sweet. sweet. All right. So those probably have, would tie at number two. Total Recall, for sure, number one. The original one. So then what you have left is the Total Re- Recall remake... Paycheck, next, Screamers, and Blade Runner. Mm, probably Blade Runner, Paycheck, Screamers, Total Recall. Total Recall remake? <laughs> yeah, Total Recall. You, you remake. forgot next. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, 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 the creepy, he's way too old for it's her way, Yeah, no, it's way too creepy. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And Nicolas Cage is not an action star. So where would you put the Total Recall remake in there? At the bottom. At the bottom, okay. Yeah, it's, it's tied with Screamers. Just because it's... Tied with Screamers? Yeah. Whoa. Ouch. <laughs> They're both pretty terrible. That hurts. Yeah. What do you think, Colin? Can you, can you do it? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to try and go... Wait, wait, wait. Up. We got to do a disclaimer here. Okay. Disclaimer is... These are my opinions and my opinions. No, oh, you had zero forewarning because Seth is... Yeah, a I had no time to think about it. <laughs> Seth kind of sprung this on us as we were driving here. And I'm like, I tend to be a little more contemplative than that. So off the cuff, and I reserve the right to change my mind or forget what I said now later. <laughs> there you I'll go. put it in the show notes for all time. <laughs> it will be immortalized. Just time and date stamp it. There we go. Yes. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go bottom up. Okay. That's what she said. Uh, Screamers. Blade Runner. <laughs> Ooh. Total Recall Brutal. Remake. Ooh, ouch. Next. Paycheck. Oh, man. I, I, I like the more recent Philip K. Dick movies a little bit better. So now, after mm-hmm. that comes Total Recall, Minority Report, and then probably Adjustment Bureau. There you go. All Sweet. right. Um, See, so we got the top three so far. Yeah, we, yeah. we at least agree on the top three grouping. I do agree on the top three. <laughs> uh, I go Minority Report first. Because um, that's that's my favorite out of the group. Um, Total Recall is a close second, though. It's just very different kinds of movies. And then then I'd go Adjustment Bureau. Um, boy, then I think I enjoyed the Total Recall remake better than any of the rest of them. Um, it was dumb. You know, there's no reason for it to exist. Um, it was a fine 2000s era action movie. It's just no, unfortunately, no, it was. I, I, I bet I could play back your reaction to it, and, and you're like, it, it is essentially. Inoffensive, other than the fact that it hits all the same beats as the original movie did, and so there's no point for it to exist. I think I'd just rather watch Blade Runner again. At least Blade Runner, I'd be like, "What's going on again?" (laughs) Total Recall, like, there's nothing happening. (laughs) At least you could take, at least you could take a nap during Blade Runner. I could keep thinking about Blade Runner, what the hell is going on, over and over again. Nope, (laughs) I I would rather watch Total Recall remake. I have to admit. Um, I guess Total Recall Remake. You have one of those movies you can just have playing in the background while you're yeah. off doing something else. Exactly. Innocuous. There's that. Yeah. Inoffensive, but, you know, yeah. Uh, then then I guess I'd go Blade Runner. I can't, I can't rank Paycheck or Next or Screamers over it, and then I'd go Paycheck, Next, and Screamers. <laughs> yeah. 
So, in other words, we did most of the good Philip K. Dick stuff before the summer of Philip <laughs> <Right>. K. Dick. Yes. <laughs> if we had planned yep. better, then then we would have. Uh, we we should have just done this all f- <laughs> starting from when we did Total Recall or Minority Report. And got it out. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, there's still more Philip K. Dick to review. That's true. There is uh, Imposter. Radio Free Albumuth. Radio Free Albumuth. Uh, we we could try the mini series and watch maybe the opener in a couple of episodes to see how it adapts. Oh, the one to... that, that Phil Nichols posted on Facebook page, the uh, Electric Dreams. Uh, no, I'm thinking of Man in the High Castle. Oh, oh, right. oh, that would be cool. And then there's yes, there's going to be the new Philip K. Dick anthology, which I think is a fabulous idea. Yeah, a lot yeah. of his uh, because it's an anthology series, they're going to be cutting stuff down rather than building it up. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I'd like to see them take on some of the stories that have been adapted as movies and see if they can do them better as adapted right. short stories. That would be cool. They totally could. Yeah. But bringing yeah. it back around to Blade Runner, okay. um, there were elements that you liked better in the story, I'm assuming. How would you fix it? How would I fix the movie? Yeah. Get uh, rid of all the stupid panning of the Tyrell Corporation. Okay. <laughs> Bug the crap out of me. <laughs> oh, okay. So, let, yeah. Get rid of Angelus. Great. He sounds great. Yeah, he had Chariots too. of Fire. He was really popular. Yeah. It sucked. It did not add anything. Bring in an orchestral score. Make a real movie. <laughs> yeah. um, you love your visual effects great you need to have something to go with them like a plot well I like the visual effects for like the movie and the or not the movie duh. the cars and the city and stuff were cool mm-hmm. really didn't like all the panning shots that they did the panning shots were just terrible they did nothing for you besides try and interest you visually mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's the part of the the part that makes 2001 better their panning shots I thought were awesome the panning shots here were just crap yeah and they did nothing yeah, there there need yeah, there should be some character development. Put some stakes into it. And there's one other thing I'm right. gonna say. And, and I, we've only watched the final cut. We haven't watched the original theatrical mm-hmm. release. But I found it extremely distracting when in a scene people's makeup and appearance oh, yeah. changed multiple <laughs> times, and yeah. back and forth, and back and forth, and back right. and forth. That was fun. And at that point, it's like you know. This is just this is edited badly, and when I'm when yeah. I'm ranking the editing of a movie mm-hmm. versus its plot or yeah. anything else, there are big <laughs> problems. Yeah. So one of the things that I really liked in the book was the reveal that there were the there was Rachel and Pris and they were the same model. That's the kind of thing that I think works in a book that you'd have a much harder time pulling off in a film because you can see them. And so that that would and, and so you would either have to never reveal Rachel's face at the beginning or never reveal Pris's face. Or they could just work it into the plot like I, a real movie. I completely disagree because yeah. I think that after he, so there's one thing we haven't mentioned, and that is at one point Deckard begins to lose his nerve. Yeah. In the book, it's because we're understanding he's beginning to empathize with the androids. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he has to, he decides he has to sleep with Rachel so that he can go kill Pris. Right. Right. <laughs> Based and, on advice from the other bounty from the other, hunter. Guy, from the other yeah. bounty hunter who Pris also or Rachel also slept with because part of their thing is to try mm-hmm. and ha- become integrated into human society, and so they're sleeping with people so that they can build empathy. I don't with think them. that was the reason why she slept with them. She was trying to garnish empathy from the bounty hunter so he wouldn't kill her. That's why he slept with her. The she first bounty hunter. Yeah. 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 And that's why she tried to sleep with Deckard and it right. didn't work. Yeah. But I, I think that's why. Not not because they were trying to integrate better in human society. Oh. Contrary uh, to what you said. Maybe I should go reread that section. But I thought it was specifically for building empathy in men so that they wouldn't then kill androids. And she mentioned yeah, they tried it, and the only one it didn't work on was that other bounty hunter. Oh, right. And mm. then Deckard afterwards. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I think it would have been cool if they actually had same actress play both Pris and Rachel. 
Right. Because then there's some conflict. Because that would have been jarring too from the from a movie plot perspective. I guess yeah. that's true. You, you'd yeah. have wondered what what it would have it would have been huge conflict with Deckard. Like, uh, crap. <laughs> well, at first he didn't know because Pris plays as Rachel, right? And says, "Oh, it's Rachel. It's me." Yeah, exactly. Hmm. And then finally, when you see them both together, you'd mm-hmm. be like, "Oh, they're different people." Yeah, kind of like the the opposite side of Screamers. Yeah. So for the coda. Uh, to to sum up the summer film, okay, Dick, we're we're going to break from our general formula of doing a Halloween episode because Blade Runner twenty forty nine is coming out in early October, right? So we're going to watch that and then come back and talk about it and talk about why it's a much better movie than Blade Runner. I hope, yeah, hopefully, yes. hopefully. You know, to prepare for that, we do need to do a little bit of homework. Why is that? Because uh, the production team for Blade Runner twenty forty nine has been releasing shorts on YouTube. Doing character Ooh, yeah. introductions and development, and it has me deeply concerned <laughs> about the launch of 2049, because if you have to tell people, <laughs> right, and get them prepared. Okay, I will say right now, I'm not going to do that. Uh, yeah. um, I'm gonna, I, I want the movie right. to be able to, I don't want it to hold my hand, but I want to be able to understand it. And if I can't, then I'm going to pan it. So if one of you guys wants hmm. to do all the homework and maybe uh, have a different result. Kind of reminds me of the, the Matrix, and the Matrix did that. Between 1 and 2 with the... Uh, with the Animatrix. Anime series, yeah. No, but yeah. that was like historical stuff for interest. It didn't have anything to do to let you know. You never had to watch that, and you would have understood everything that happened perfectly. Between Matrix and Matrix Reloaded? Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, I guess I so. didn't have any particular questions That's about true. what happened between them. Right. Um, I just... You just realized there was no plot Just realized there, there shouldn't and have it's been... Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, it was a... Strung together a series of very well put together scenes, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you can do the homework? I'll do the homework. Sure. I may right. rewatch Blade Runner. No. I'm <laughs> flinching, but I may find the theatrical version and rewatch it and see. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's loves the difference. Something I missed. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it makes me a little angry to think about doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so if it was shorter, does that make it better? <laughs> Maybe. Um, I mean, Blade Runner wasn't a super long movie, but man, I checked my watch over and over. Mm-hmm. Is this over yet? <laughs> yeah. How long is this going to yeah. take? Yeah. Where are the donuts? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the donuts are good. Uh, so, shall we rank them? I'm, it's a huge mystery. What's going to happen? Are you sure happen? about that? Sure. Uh, Colin? Can we want to try it on, on three? Okay. One, two, three. Book, book, book movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I enjoyed the book. I would read it again. It was interesting. Uh, I... It's a little dated. Some of the stuff is a little weird. Mm. Mercerism and wanting to buy animals. But I found that interesting, you know, when he's like looking up in the, like the collection of, wow, mm. those are $5,000 or whatever. Yeah. Right. And it seemed like everybody had a catalog. It was like a comic book kind of a thing. Yeah. 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 It was, a, was like a collector's catalog, right? Uh, I thought it was an Alice and like Kelly Blue Book or something. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. And wrap. Oh, I wanted to talk about, before we totally wrap up, um, after the summer of Philip K. Dick, so November, December, we have two listener requests so oh. that, that I had told you guys about at some point, and they're both novels. So that's the other reason that I want okay. to not read anything in October, so that we have extra time so we can read Children of Men and Ooh, Never yeah. Let Me Go. Um, those are both one book, one movie. Um, What's the movie for Never Let Me Go? It's called Never Let Me Go. Really? Oh, nice. <laughs> Interesting choice of title. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've been wanting um, to watch Children of Men, so... Yes, it's it's another one that's that's uh, like people who really like film mm-hmm. are really into. I've seen it. Mm. I'm not sure I totally agree, but um, but I'm gonna have to rewatch it and see what I think. So, and I've read the book already. Actually, I've I've read and watched both of these already. <laughs> oh wow! So you're oh, just awesome. cruising. Yep. 
We'll be scrambling. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, not recently. In the past. Um, as I was becoming a science fiction fan, I happened to pick both of them up. But, uh, yeah, so we'll be doing that for November and December. And when we get around to recording the next one, I, I will actually, like, write down the names of the people who requested them. <laughs> 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 so that we can thank them, actually, by name. Very nice. So. Okay. We'll sign off. Uh, until next time, thanks everybody for listening. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Pavement Podcast. Shoot us an email, feedback at Pavement Podcast if you want to um, let us know why we were wrong and all the ways we were wrong. Uh, we will sign off then with the Blade Runner kind of Pavement Powder's blessing. May the road rise up to meet you and may you always pass the void. I can't say it. Void I don't know. Void Void comp test. Yes, that's perfect. <laughs> I like it. Um, which probably means I don't pass. Right. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. All right. Yeah. Seriously, we'll get out of here this time. Right. Uh, m- maybe I'll try and stitch the other stuff in so it doesn't look like I did it after we started signing off. <laughs> <laughs> I like it sound better. I like it. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fix that in post. <laughs>